Welcome to the Pomona Christian Church Podcast. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian. Well, I heard about an older lady who was a widow. She lived on her own, but she was very faithful, but very poor. She always trusted in God. She prayed faithfully, and God always provided for her. Well, this annoyed her neighbor because he was an atheist, and if she would talk about God and all these things, he would just get aggravated. So one day, he knew that she was running low on food and heard her praying on her front porch one day that God would provide. He thought, you know what? This will be a great joke. I'm going to go and buy her groceries, leave them on the porch, and then I'm going to wait outside and then when she picks them up and rejoices, I'm going to tell her, ha ha, it wasn't God, it was me. And that, you know, to really catch her. So he does that. He goes and buys the groceries. He hides. And then she comes and she just, he can hear her thanking God for providing. And then he jumps out as he said, he goes, ha, it wasn't God, it was me. You should be thanking me. And she just started getting even more excited and, and rejoicing and thanking God louder. And he goes, did you hear what? said, she goes, yes. He goes, well, why are you even more thankful? She goes, well, I knew God would provide, but now he made the devil pay for it. (laughs) You know, we are going to start this series looking at the importance of prayer. And if I could accomplish one thing this morning in this message as we go into this, it's that if you don't have a time that you set aside for prayer, that, that you start that. And if you do have a time that maybe you'll gain and be able to apply and grow that area of prayer because it's foundational to our walk with the Lord. In fact, Abraham Lincoln uh, said this, he said, without the assistance of the divine being, whoever attended him, I cannot succeed. With that assistance, I cannot fail. Trusting in him who can go with me and remain with you and be everywhere for good. Let us confidently hope that all will yet be well. To his care commending you, as I hope in your prayers you will commend me, I bid you an affectionate farewell. See, Abraham Lincoln, with with his job, he knew the importance of prayer, that it was too big for him to do alone, that he needed God's assistance. And without his assistance, it was impossible, but with his assistance, he would succeed. Jesus promised us power through prayer in John 14. He says, And I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name, and I will do it. Then in John 15, he says, If you remain in me, and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be given you. This is to my Father's glory, that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." So Jesus talks about the power of prayer. Now, what kind of pops out in people's minds is, hey, I can ask whatever I wish. And we just go and ask God, and if we really have faith, God will do what we wish. But notice there are two things in both those passages and throughout Scripture, in my name, and we'll talk about what that means, in my name, but also that it's for God's glory. That's why these requests would be granted, that would be answered with a yes. But if we go through Scripture, prayer is a symbol to the believer. It's indispensable in doing God's work. In fact, Jesus said, apart from me, you can do nothing, that it's our connection with God's will in that relationship. But only in Christ can we have power 
in prayer and only through Jesus. It says, Jesus, there's one mediator between God and man, and that is Jesus Christ. That's why we pray in Jesus' name. But even though it's essential, and as we'll see, even though it's very easy, in some ways it's also difficult. And so that's the goal of this series this morning, to help us maybe remove some of the difficulties and the obstacles and and focus on how we can start that if we don't have it and how we can build and grow in our prayer journey with God if we are already there. And so that's my hope as we experience the power that prayer has in our relationship with God. And so I've seen countless times that, that God answers prayer over and over again. I've seen the power of prayer in, in bringing healing people and bringing peace to very difficult, tense situations, to bringing some calm in a very in a midst of turmoil and difficulties in life over and over. And so, again, if you don't have a prayer life, the goal is that you would begin to pray and find a way to begin that habit of having a time every day. That would, if you have that, that you would continue to, but ultimately, it would bring discipline. You know, that's really the key in any area of life, and I think the thing that makes most things hard for us is that discipline. There are a lot of things we, we want to do well at, that we want to thrive in, but it's the discipline, it's the consistency that we struggle with. But I challenge you to, to see what God does in your life if you set aside a time of prayer. And it doesn't matter where you are in your relationship with God. We'll see it's the sincerity and it's the humility that we approach God with through Jesus. And I've always thought, what would happen in my life if I were just more consistent, if I prayed more? What would happen in our country if believers prayed as much as they posted political things on Facebook, hoping that will change things? You know, not that it's wrong, but why do we do other things instead of pray. And how much doesn't happen because we aren't praying? It's interesting if you research the role of prayer in the fall of communism, that there was a lot of prayer and a lot of churches that had grown in the number of people that were praying for the fall of communism in different areas. Because if you were alive back then, you remember, it didn't seem like that was going to happen anytime soon. Like that was going to go on and on. And one example is in Leipzig, Germany. There were people that were gathering to pray, and there were 8,000 people in a church in Leipzig. And then outside of the church and in other churches, there were 70,000 people praying. Well, over a short period of time, they would walk and they would pray and they would carry candles and they were afraid that the government was going to crack down and put an end to it, but they didn't. And it to 300,000 people praying and, and walking asking God to tear down the wall and bring down this oppressive government. And within four weeks, the Berlin Wall fell, a thing that had been there for so long and stood in opposition uh, as the government was in opposition to people freely worshiping God and following Jesus Christ. And that was just in East Germany. So why don't we pray? It's interesting. Why, Why don't we see God operate? Are there things we don't see because we pray. And if we look at James chapter 4, verse 2, it says this, you want something, but don't get it. You kill and covet, but cannot have what you want. You quarrel and fight. You do not have 
because you do not ask God. So one of the things it says, there are things that God will do. There are things that God would provide, but we simply don't ask. And so they're not there. And then in verse 3, he goes on and explains that also there can be wrong motives in our prayer. And so in it, it says, when you ask, you do not receive because you ask with wrong motives, that you may spend what you get on your pleasures. So this covers a couple things in our prayer and in our understanding of faith. One of the things he says is you don't receive because you ask with wrong motives. The motives in that, if you could see it back in the previous verse, was it was all self-motivated. You know, one of the biggest false teachings we have today is that if you have faith, then life is all about you and God will make you rich and you will never suffer illness. And if you don't have those things, then you don't have faith. And that's ultimately the opposite of what James is saying because that that teaching is that you should be greedy, that you should want things. God wants you to be materialistic and self-centered. Notice what he's saying. You don't have when you do ask because it's with wrong motive. It's about self. It's not about the kingdom. It's not about doing God's will. It's that you could just spend it on yourselves. Now, the ones teaching that also drive jets, have limos, and a lot of other things. It's why they teach it. And only in America would that come about and be taught. But what we have to realize is the source of who we're going to, that God can provide anything if we ask. And in His name is focusing on it being in His will for His glory, not for us just to use for ourselves. So God has chosen prayer as that to it, where we acknowledge who He is, where we come before Him and ask. And that's one of the purposes of prayer is to seek His will and to ask for it to be done and to ask for things that can help us live out His will so that we can bring Him glory. That's what it means in Jesus' name, is that it's not for me, it's for Jesus, it's for the kingdom. It's for God to have glory, not just for me to have glory more. And I've found in life when I do pray and I lay something before God, it's harder to be selfish. That naturally the the motivations can kind of surface. Maybe the things where I'm wrong in the situation, I can start to see that a little clearly and it's harder to just ask for what I want. That it makes me sort through, is this really for God's will? And his kingdom, because we know that God sees the heart. When I was youth minister, we had this discipleship group of, of young men, and one thing I said, you know, we're going to pray and we're going to write down the prayer requests, and we'll we'll see how God answers those. And you know, I was like, well, we'll we'll see. You know, how many? Hopefully, they're all answered. And it was amazing as we went for months. We went through that list, different types of situations, different kinds of issues, and God had answered every one of those things. It was amazing. And so if you're willing to let God into your daily life, then you'll see you'll still have challenges, but you'll have some victories that you would not have otherwise had. But when we're prayerless and it's not a part of our lives, it cuts us off from God's power. It cuts us off from really seeking His will. Because I think sometimes most of our prayers are, maybe we pray sporadically, not with a specific time or a specific way that we're praying. So something comes up. And God fix this. Oh, God, take care of that. I'm worried about, oh, this is out of my control. Now I'll hand it over to you, God. And that can will be our prayer life 
unless we find a way that we pray every day. And so you've seen the importance of prayer, but I, now I want to see the difficulty for being so simple. And if you go through the Bible, prayer is not complicated. It's probably the most simple thing we, we can do. But despite that, why is it so difficult? You know, it's just something we can do anytime, anywhere. It's very easy. But if you're like me, you found times that it's very difficult. And one reason is that Satan opposes it, and in Christ, he opposes us. So I think there's a lot of distraction. We have a lot of busyness, especially in our culture. And you combine that with, we're very self-reliant. We know what to do with most problems. Maybe we don't even think to bring it to God. And then when it's the emergency, we, we bring it up. That's one reason it's difficult. Another are the misconceptions we have about what it means to pray. It means to have a prayer life. And when you think that a prayer life, one of the things I remember thinking, well, well, it's the quantity of time. Like if I want to be a good prayer, and maybe that's the motivation, hey, I'd like to be good at prayer. And so we put these things on it that we think, well, this will make me good at prayer. Some of you, well, I say the right words, and I know specifically what to say. I already know a lot of the Bible. It's the quantity of time that, that I do that. Or you have a picture of somebody who's faithful in prayer, and you're like, I could never be like that. And we put all these things on what it means to pray, to have a prayer time, to be good at prayer, and those things actually discourage us, because if I would miss something up, then I would feel, well, there goes the and we put these things that the Bible does not put on prayer. There's an example in 1 Kings 18 that there's one true prophet of God that is confronting all the prophets of a false god named Baal. And they decide the true God will answer with fire, that he will burn up the sacrifice. And so the prophet Baal go first, and the altar's there, and it's there all day as they cry for Baal to consume the sacrifice with fire, and nothing happens. Then it says in verse 36 of 1 Kings 18, At the time of the sacrifice, the prophet Elijah stepped forward and prayed, O Lord, God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant and have done all these things at your command. Answer me, O Lord, answer me so that these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you are turning their hearts back again. Then the fire of the Lord fell and burned up the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the soil, and also licked up the water in the trench. Notice what he does. He, Elijah just doesn't step forward and command. He prays. And as he prays, he's praying that it would be for God's glory, that it would let the people know who he is. Because Elijah realized the power of faith in God's work and his will. Jesus says this in Matthew 6. Jesus really cuts through a lot. He says, and when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they will be heard because of their many words. One of the things pagans did, they just had recitation prayers, and they would just say them over and over and over. Jesus said, don't keep on babbling. Just tell God what you need. It's, it's simple. It's not the amount of words or the time that you're spending that is going to make God answer. In fact, Jesus said, the Father is looking for worshipers who worship in spirit and in truth, he gets to, it's really the motives that determine the effectiveness and the 
the quality of our prayer is the spirit and the heart behind it. Now, I do want to say it does take time to pray. And it's important, I think, to have not just despite, you know, not just prayers we maybe say in the day at times, those are good, but some time we set aside to pray. And if you already have a time, it's good to stretch and grow. And as you start praying, if you're starting from scratch, maybe you'll keep a list of things you pray for that will grow and there will be more time. But prayer is growth just like anything else. I remember my senior year of high school, uh, my convinced me to write and preach a sermon. And it had to, you know, it needed to be 10 minutes. It, I, I didn't know how in the world I was ever going to talk for 10 minutes. It just seemed like this insurmountable task. I think I've got it about to eight and a half, and that was all I could get it. Now it's been like five minutes, you know, halfway through. But the thing is, it, it's not about the length or the words. It's that it's sincere, that it's seeking God's glory. I like what John Bunyan said, in prayer it is better to have a heart without words than words without a heart. It's the heart, it's the honestly seeking God. 1 Thessalonians 5 says pray continually, and some will say without ceasing. But really, as we go through the day, there can be a communication, a thought of what God wants, of seeking His will in everything. And so one of the things we've done to help is we've got the, the wall out front we're going to use during this series for prayer. You can write prayer requests on a, a pad and put it up on the wall. And if you go by that, you can pray for others and pray for those needs. And that's a way we can pray for each other in specific ways. So I encourage you, if you have something that you want prayer for, you, you write that on the post on that white wall and put it up there. And we'll pray for it during the week, and others can pray for it as they pass by. But it's important to give us ways to pray for each other. <clears throat> Another misunderstanding is that, well, prayer is for really spiritual people. Like there's this other level you reach, and when you get there, then you're, you're good at prayer. Or that's how you become a powerful prayer. But look at Luke 18. Luke, Jesus tells this parable about a Pharisee, the guy who would have been seen as the, the guy who knows how to pray. He has the words, and he was very proud and said, thank, you know, thank you, Lord, I'm not like this sinner over here. And then it says in Luke 18, verse 13, but the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. He said, I tell you that this man rather than went home justified before God. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, and he who humbles himself will be exalted. Who was the powerful prayer in that? It was, it was the man who was the sinner. It was the man who everybody saw as, this guy doesn't know anything, but it was a simple prayer. Have mercy on me, a sinner. It was honest. It was from the heart. It was true, and it worked. said he went home justified, not the other person. Not the religious guy that thought he had it all together and couldn't see his faults. Maybe one of the most powerful prayers you said was when you finally confessed to a sin or you confessed to an addiction or you confessed you finally surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You know, that is the most powerful prayer that we can make is to completely surrender ourselves and see ourselves for who we really are, just as that tax collector did to be honest before God. But 
Here's the big thing. As you start a prayer, relax and enjoy it. Don't make it a task. Make it a joy. And that's really what prayer is. I think another difficulty is, we kind of touched on this, is we just have fast-paced lives. We always have something in our hands, and we're, we're very self-sufficient. We have a lot of things we know the answers to. I've got this app on my phone that even helps me look at the stars. You know, I can point it in the sky, and it'll tell me what a constellation is. I can tap it. And I remember it kind of dawned on me that if constellations hadn't been named at this point in time, we would have no clue what they are. You because know, back in the day, they had nothing else to do. They looked at the sky, and they were like, hey, that's a guy with a sword. That's a bear. I can find the Big Dipper. That one's pretty obvious, but that's about it. But they had time. We don't even have time. We're inside. We have something we're watched that entertains us. And a lot of the world goes by. And that's also the same with our relationship with God, that it can just kind of be put on the side because we're self-sufficient and life is fast-paced and we miss out. And one of the things is taking time, even if it's five minutes or less, it is hard to set aside sometime if we're not doing it. And so then, when the crisis comes, then we shoot up the prayer, rather than already being in that place before. But what is prayer? I think the great answer is joy. That's what prayer should be. Don't make it something you have to do. Don't make it another task. Just set aside as a time to talk to God, that you can lay your heart before Him, you can seek His will, and it's something you can enjoy. I like what one man says. He says, prayer is the talking part of the most important love relationship in my life. That we can hear from God through His Word, we can hear from God in prayer, but it's our time to talk to God. That God designed us for a relationship with Him, and just as Anybody in a relationship wants to hear you talk and you want to hear them talk, God wants to hear us come to Him and hear our dependency on Him and how He can bless us and use us for His glory, which is for our good. That's the thing when we hear something's for God's glory. It's also for our good and the good of those around us. You know, one time Jesus is asked to teach something. Usually when people go to Jesus, they want a position on something or most of the time they want a miracle, Somebody's, they need Jesus to do something, and his disciples one day ask him to teach them how to pray. And it says in the account in Luke 11, it says, one day when G- Jesus was praying in a certain place, when, one of his, when he finished, one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray just as John taught his disciples. He said to them, when you pray, Say, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, give us each day our daily bread, forgive us our sins, for we also forgive everyone who sins against us, and lead us not into temptation. Jesus doesn't go on some long, complicated theory on how to pray. He just shows them. They worship God, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, that our requests are about God's will, that that's what we're seeking. It's fine to pray for our needs to be met, that God wants to provide for our needs. In fact, Jesus said, don't worry about tomorrow. You know, God will take care of you, but we we mention that. Forgive us our sins. It's time for confession and forgiveness of others, because that holds us back in our relationship with God when we don't, and lead us to follow Him, not into 
temptation. And then he gives an illustration at the end, and he says, you know, if your kid asks you for a fish, who gives him a snake? He says, if, if you know how to give good gifts to your children, then trust your father to really know what is best for you. And so as we wrap up, I want to leave you with something that you can take and you can get your phone out and write in the notepad or write it down on a piece of paper. But it's really an an acronym that's just kind of a guide. That's really what Jesus does through this. He didn't create this to be a prayer that was just mindlessly repeated word for word, but it was just helping them understand just this is how a way to talk with God. Here's an example of what he did. It was nothing complicated. And so it's an acronym for the word prayer or pray. And it's uh, four simple letters. The first one is P is pause. You know, that's going to be the first thing to our relationship is to shut other things out and to pause to spend time with. Another is R is rejoice. That's a time to worship God, to be thankful for the things that are good and that he's doing in your life and around you and the lives of others, to take time to rejoice. A is ask. It's fine. It's good to ask God for things. But we have to trust Him as a loving Heavenly Father that He will do what's best. One of the keys we see consistently, the in my name for your kingdom, that we should be asking for things in addition to immediate needs, asking for things that will help us serve Him and serve His kingdom and make an impact for eternity, not just here and now. And then the why is yield. That's a time that we can confess and and lay the truth about who we are and ask for forgiveness and strength to do what God wants us to do. It's a time maybe where if we are resisting God, we can be honest with ourselves and maybe step out in ways or sacrifice in ways that He is calling us to do. That's P-R-A-Y, pause, rejoice, ask, and yield. It's simple. And that's the thing, just start with a simple time that you can go through that. It doesn't have to be long. And don't worry about length. Then you you can write requests and and start adding those things to it. But that's what God really wants from us, is a relationship with us and to empower us to serve Him. And so prayer is powerful. And I encourage you, if you don't have a prayer life, or that sounds like one of those things, well, that's later down the road when if I'm much more advanced if that ever happened. It's something anybody can do, but you'll be amazed at the difference that it makes. For more information about Pomona Christian Church, please visit us at PomonaChristian.com or find us on Facebook at Facebook.com forward slash Pomona Christian.